The text for this morning's message will be found in John chapter 14. So if you could, please turn there. Again, I apologize for the lighting. Old buildings have a mind of their own, so if they flash on and off, it's not theatrics. It's just church mice eating the wiring, I guess. I don't know. I'd like to turn your attention to John chapter 14. One verse there, and uh, we'll be looking at many other verses this morning, or at least reading them. But uh, for this morning's text, John chapter 14, verse 27. This is Jesus speaking in the upper room as he instructs his disciples, his church, giving them some very important instructions that not only spoke to them at that time, the things that they were facing, but it speaks to us today. John chapter 14 and verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I ask your blessing now on this time as we come together. In these uncertain times, some of our hearts might be full of fear, some of our hearts might be uneasy. I ask that you would through your word and through your spirit, speak peace to us now and that we would remember the foundation upon which we stand and the peace that you have given us through your Son. Help me to be clear in the message you've laid on my heart. Help me to speak only what is necessary. You do the work that I cannot do in changing hearts and giving strength, Lord. I thank you again for all that you've done. I ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. There are, uh, there's messages you really never anticipate preaching. Um, this is kind of one of them. You think maybe someday down the road you have to or you might have to. And you know that they're necessary at, from time to time, but when they do come up or when the time comes up to preach them, it's kind of unexpected. And I, I don't know if it's uh, that we get sent, uh, lulled into a sense that everything's going to be good, like it's always just going to be good and easy and no bumps in the road. It's always going to be okay. Yeah, sure, bad things have happened in the past, but that was in the past. And I know bad things are supposed to happen like in the future, but that's not right now. And I'm, I'm sure they happen in far off places, but not now, not here, not in my lifetime, right? Yet, here we are right here and right now. And what we need is for God to speak. So I'd ask that you'd listen. Put your phone down. There's no news updates that you need to check. There's no Facebook posts that you need to check. None of that matters right now. What matters is what God says. What we used to brush off as nothing perhaps a few weeks ago and talk about in a jesting tone is now becoming more serious. 
This is a first for me. Um, first, I can remember at least in my lifetime, and I know I'm on the younger side, and some of you may have faced some similar circumstances to what is going on, but to me this is new territory. This is new territory. In the current outbreak or pandemic, as it has been described, of the COVID-19 or coronavirus has people in a panic. Trust me, I'm tired of hearing about it, and I'm sure you are too. But this is the vehicle or outlet, perhaps for something that lies deeper, and it's got people scared. You know, it's not necessarily the virus, though we should be careful, and though we should be cautious, don't. Don't mistake that. It's not necessarily the virus that has people so stirred up. I think people are just scared now. They're scared. And the media is constantly pushing panic, endlessly, endlessly. Every time you turn it on, every time you open your phone, endless information is being streamed at you. Some of it right, some of it not. You have extremes on both sides. And many are feeding on the fear that it is producing. The stock market and businesses are sustaining heavy losses. Stores are out of stock on essential items, including food and water. Schools are closing now for weeks at a time. And corporations are making unprecedented moves, completely shutting down, as is the case with sports arenas or amusement parks, and the like. Starbucks is drive through only, and I expect other restaurant chains to follow if they haven't already. Extreme precautions are being taken. Not to mention the travel bans and the public meeting restrictions that are being enacted, not only in California, but nationwide. People are scared. And they are reacting out of fear. Now let me say the facts are clear. The facts are readily available. You can see the numbers for yourself. The facts are you probably won't get it. The facts are if you do, you might not even know it and you're probably going to recover from it just fine. Upwards of 80% do. As of yet, the last time I have checked, no children have died from this. And the risk... Uh, the risk groups seem to be those of older age or with pre-existing conditions. And you can keep yourself from getting it by simply washing your hands and practicing good hygiene. Those are the simple facts. But the thing is, in times like these, facts don't matter. Fear takes over, and people react out of that fear. And they are consumed by it. And every email, I'm tired of getting emails. (laughs) This has been canceled. Baseball's been canceled. Softball's been canceled. School's been I'm tired of getting those emails. And every email that you get, every announcement that you see drives people farther down into that fear. See, it's bad. See, look at this. See, look at that. And what we are seeing, the reaction around us, is not necessarily fear about the virus anymore. It's the fear of what if. What if. People are scared. 
And that affects us. Let's be honest. That affects us. We're not immune to this. We're not immune to being scared. We're not immune to, to feeling these same feelings. And we have a right to be concerned. We have a good reason to be concerned. As schools shut down, what, are, what do those of us who are teachers do? Those who make their living, as some of us do, uh, taking care of luxury items such as detailing business or pool service. What happens when people cut expenses? That could be a very real thought, right? What about the trucking industry or the retail industry, which I and others make a living by? How is that going to affect this? Some of that remains yet still to be seen. It's unnerving to go in a grocery store and see empty shelves. And you begin to wonder, how long is this going to go on? How am I going to care for or protect my family? And is this going to get worse? And what happens if? We're not immune to that. And let me, let me make clear, it's, it's not wrong to be concerned. It's not wrong to be concerned. That's not what I'm saying at all. How we handle that and how we act in all of this is the issue. And it's easy to have one of two reactions. One is to be callous and spiteful. And to look around and say, look at all these stupid sheep being controlled by the liberal media. They don't even know what they're doing. They're just whipped up into a frenzy for nothing. And you can get pretty bitter and pretty mean. Some of that might be true. (laughs) It probably is. But it's not helpful. Neither is it helpful to play into the fear and to be consumed by it and to go along with it like everyone else. My recommendation is for the love of God, put your phone down. Seriously, turn it off. We don't need that constant barrage of this news. What is helpful is for us to understand a couple things. We need to understand why people are so scared. We need to understand what may be driving some of that fear. And let me just say from the get-go, what I feel in my heart of hearts is this is something that is deeper and wider than a simple virus. Listen, the Bible is very clear that there is a prince in the power of the air. There are principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of his age, of this age, one who works in the world, Satan and his demonic forces, who specialize in exactly this. And, and would like nothing better to work in the heart of an unbeliever to capti- captivate them in fear and the world as a whole. And I believe He is helping to drive this panic, to drive this fear. You may say, Pastor, no, calm down, man. Aren't you taking that a little too far? Aren't you getting a little out there? Am I? Here's what scares me out of all of this, and I mean literally. When I heard announcement after announcement, bolts of fear went through my heart. With just a word, with one statement from the government, and the threat of a fine, churches closed their doors. Done. Just like that. I'm not passing judgment in any way. I'm not saying right or wrong or indifferent. I understand the reason. 
I understand the caution. I get it. All I am saying is that was easy. Like scary easy. But I'm not here to remind you of the fear around us. That's not what we're here to focus on this morning. I'm here to remind you of some more important everlasting truths. You see, we are not a people of fear. We are a people of peace. Notice the text, what Jesus tells us. He says, peace I leave with you. That word peace is literally tranquility. You think of a pond. I love to go in the forest, go in the woods and hike around. And I love when I come on a pond just in the middle of of the woods. And it's so still, you can see the mountains reflected in it. You can see the trees and it's almost like a, a mirror. That's the picture I get when I read this word. Tranquility, peace. Jesus says, I give that to you. I leave that with you. You see, you and I have peace this morning. Not a world, worldly, situation-based peace. We have heavenly peace that has been given to us. And Jesus is careful to make clear. He says, I'm not giving you peace like the world gives. No. <laughs> right now, that worldly peace looks like this. You're all stocked up. You've got enough water and canned foods and hand sanitizer and toilet paper to last a few years. And you can lock yourself in your house and be fine. You went out there, you fought, and you got yours, and you're good. That's what is giving people peace right now. That's not this peace. He says, peace I leave with you, and he makes very careful to tell us what kind. My peace I give to you. My peace. This peace that comes from Jesus, this tranquility, this the settledness of heart that is greater than circumstances, a peace that exists even when we have nothing. We live and we breathe and we operate in the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that calm, tranquil assurance that He knows exactly what is going on and all things are held in His hand. And that peace within us removes the anxiety and the fear. This is not out of His control. The world may say it is. Leading experts may say it is. It's not out of God's control. God is not in heaven saying, oh, wow, this is bad. How on earth are they going to get what they need? Oh, heaven help them. (laughs) How are they going to make it through? Not in the least. He knows. God knows, and God is watching, and God is working and guiding us through all of this. You know the book of Job? God Himself tells us that nothing happens outside of His control. This isn't a surprise. He's the one who tells the sun to rise and the sun to set, to tell the lightning where to flash from His own words in that very book. This is not out of His control. And the book of Ephesians tells us He works all things according to the good pleasure of His will. We know this. We are assured of this. And that peace, the peace that Jesus has given to us, is to rule our very being. Notice he says, let not your heart be troubled. Don't be anxious. Neither let it be afraid. Don't be fearful. That peace is to rule. 
Notice what the Bible says in other places. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. You might want to write some of these down to maybe help you as you, as you think of some of these things through the coming days. They have brought me strength. Isaiah 26, 3 says this, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in me. When our minds are stayed, when they are anchored to God and who He is, and when we are trusting totally in Him, we are kept in perfect peace. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15 says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. There's a lot of other things that could rule right now. There's a lot of thoughts I have as not only a dad, but a husband and a pastor. There's a lot of fears that can creep in, but we don't let those fears rule, do we? We let the peace of God rule in our hearts. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. A mind, as we talked about this morning in class, that is built upon the rock, not sand. It's peace, not panic, that rules in our hearts. In today's language, God would tell us, stop freaking out. It'll be just fine. (laughs) Instead of your mind running wild with possibilities, let it be stayed on Him. Instead of our heart failing us for fear, let it be strong in peace. Let the peace of God rule your heart and rule your mind. And this is not a fake peace, as some would say, as if we cover our eyes and stop our ears and say, la, 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 everything's going to be fine. No, we see exactly what's going on. We hear perfectly the fears and concerns of others. And while it might cause us concern, it does not shake us. It does not shake us. Well, why? Why do we have peace in all of this? What's so powerful about this peace that Jesus gives? How can I let the peace of God rule my heart and my mind and not anxiety and fear in what's happening right now or whatever is to come? Because there is something drastically different between us and the world, and that is Jesus. I mean, let's, let's get down to brass tacks. Let's get down to the bottom of it all, the very foundation. Let's, let's start at the bottom and work up from there. What if? What if you contract the virus? What if you get the most severe case? What if you die? And I'm not trying to be cute. I'm not trying to be shocking. That's the fear, isn't it? What if? What if I get it and what if I die? What if we do? May I say this morning, if you are saved, if you have trusted in Christ as your Savior and His blood has cleansed you from sin, you go home. You go home. We go, with, we go to be with Christ in perfect peace and perfect harmony and perfect joy. You see, death holds no dominion over us. 
We have eternal life because of our Savior who gave His life on that cross to cleanse me from sin, to give me eternal life. That is our foundation for everything we do, isn't it? That is the very fundamental difference between a Christian and an unbeliever. We have peace in our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I am saved. And heaven is my home no matter what happens. Whether I contract a virus, whether I have a heart attack, whether I live to be 95 like my grandfather or whether Jesus comes back. Regardless, heaven is my home because He has saved me. And that hope, that peace is down at the very core of my being knowing that that is the reality for me. I have hope. I have peace in that. And you understand that's a peace that the world does not have. Because they do not know Jesus. For the believer, this world is as bad as it's ever going to get. And death is the release that takes us home. For the world, that is not the truth. And so they have no peace. How can you have peace when you have no hope? when you have no solid foundation on which to stand, we have that in Christ and in the God whom we know. You see, we also know some other things about God. We know that God, if God loves us enough to save us, to send His Son to die in our place for our sins, if He loves us that much, then He's not going to forsake us. Does not the Bible say, I will never leave you nor forsake you? Romans chapter 8 says this, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to His purpose. All things. That's not when you get a promotion and when you're healthy and when everything's going fine. All things mean all things. Even in the midst of a national emergency with people freaking out. God works all things together for our good. He goes on to say in Romans chapter 8, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. What's the answer to the question? No! No! In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Whatever may come, whatever the Lord may lead in our path, we can go through that. We can conquer all those things through Him. There is no virus bigger than Christ. There is no sickness, no tribulation, no distress, no persecution, no famine, nor nakedness. Nothing is bigger than our Lord. And in and through all those things that we may face, we can be more than conquerors through Him. For I am persuaded, Paul goes on to write, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
None of this separates us from Him. None of it. We know that about God and it gives us peace. Jesus says this in John chapter 16, These things I have spoken to you that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He has given us assurance of that. He has given us not only His word, His promises, but He has given to us His Spirit. Listen to what it says in John chapter 14. And I pray the Father, and He shall give you another comforter. I love that word. Do you know what takes away fear? Comfort. And the Holy Spirit is the comforter. And He he will abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me, because I live, and ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. You see, beloved, we have His very presence. We have Christ with us, God with us, the Holy Spirit with us. With us, in us, giving that peace and that assurance that the world does not have. Giving us that assurance that God is in fact God. Nothing is out of His control. That He loves me. He is watching over me. And ultimately, it will be just fine. I believe this will pass. Maybe soon. Maybe later. But I believe it will pass. And it will probably be something we look back on and laugh. Especially the people walking out with pallets of toilet paper and all of the frenzy that was around. And while it's here, I have peace while it happened. You see, I had peace before. I have peace after and I have peace now. A peace that He has given me because He is my Savior and my Lord and a peace that is communicated to my heart by the Holy Spirit. I hope that you have that this morning. I hope that your peace and your foundation is resting in Christ. Because without Him, you have no peace. It's easy to say that. It's harder when it's here, right? I find myself, if I can be honest, kind of going in waves. There's times where I'm totally at peace. Everything's fine. It's going to be fine. And there's other times it can start to grab at my heart and pull at my heart. The what-ifs can rage in our minds and in our hearts. What about this or what about that? What about a hundred other things? You see, these are the times when faith is put to the test. Do we believe He is who He is and that He will keep His promise? See, we are not a people of fear, but we are a people of faith. Of faith. I want you to turn with me. If you don't have a Bible in your hands, pick one up. And go to Matthew chapter 6. I want you to read what the Word of God says, and I want you to take comfort in it. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25. Just a few more things to say, and then we'll be done. 
Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25. Jesus speaking here again. He says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought. Now, Jesus is not saying, the old King James translates it here, thought. He's not saying don't think about it and don't worry about it. Stick your head in the sand. No. That word thought is the same word that's translated care in Philippians chapter 4, which we'll go to in a bit, and it means anxiety. Do not be anxious, is what he's saying. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought, do not be anxious for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought or being anxious, can add one cubit to his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall He not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, or do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Let me just pause right there. He knows. God knows exactly what you need. He knows what's in your cupboard. He knows your bank account. He knows your job situation. He knows. Verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. Don't be anxious about tomorrow for Tomorrow shall take thought for the things itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Our focus is not to be on the what if, or the maybes, or the how's this going to happen. Our focus is to be on our Father who cares for us and will give us what we need. I'm going to say right now, probably go out on a limb and say with confidence, God has provided for your needs, hasn't He? In the times we thought it wasn't going to be enough. Maybe the money ran short. We got through it, didn't we? God provided. And in this time we may look at our cupboards or we may look at our jobs or we may look at a hundred different things and think about what if God has provided in the past and God will continue to provide. We need to seek Him. To seek Him. Look over at chapter 7 and verse 7. Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread, will give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Are you scared? Ask. 
Are you lacking in some things? Ask Him. He is our Heavenly Father. You know how you treat your kids. Even if my kids have been very disobedient and I'm a little irritated with them, when it comes to dinner, I don't give them a plate of rocks. No, I give them food because they need food and I'm here to provide for them. There might be a lecture that comes along with it, but I give them good things. And that is the, exactly the illustration that Jesus is giving. You know how to give your, you treat your kids in a good way. You know how to give them good gifts. Don't you think your father in heaven would do the same for you? So ask him, seek his face, knock on his door and say, Lord, I'm scared. Lord, I need some things. And you watch how he works. Psalm 37 says this, I have been young and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Joshua 1, 9, Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever thou goest. God is not going to forsake us in this time. God is not going to forsake us in any time. He will care for you. He will care for your families. He will provide just as He always had, has. The question is, do we have faith in that? Do you have peace in that? And if you do, take a deep breath, calm down. God's got this. In fact, it's in these times He works clearest and best. That does not mean we throw caution to the wind and be foolish. No. Be careful, but not imprisoned. Be wise, but not consumed with fear. We should have faith in Him. Paul tells the Ephesians in the book of Ephesians chapter 3 that he's praying for them that God would grant them according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. Maybe you need that this morning. Maybe you need to be strengthened in your spirit. Everything appears fine. Maybe it doesn't. (laughs) But down deep in your core, you need to be strengthened by the Holy Spirit. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That ye being rooted and grounded in love. Maybe you need some of that. I need to feel that foundation under my feet again, Lord. That you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. That you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto Him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that worketh in us, unto Him be glory in the church. By Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. God is bigger than anything. He is able to do anything. Do we have faith in that? We are not a people of fear. We are a people of peace. We're not a people of fear. We're a people of faith. And if you do find yourself fearful, if you do find yourself worried and anxious, talk to Him. Tell Him. See, we're not a people of fear. We're a people of prayer. Turn to Philippians chapter 4, if you would. Philippians chapter 4. I want to start in verse 4. Usually we go to verse 6. I want to start in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Say, what? 
Rejoice? How can I rejoice? Look at what's going on outside. Look at what could happen. How am I going to be, how, how am I going to be joyful in that? Well, Paul, Paul anticipated that question, so you have the rest of the verse. And again, I say rejoice. Well, how do we do that? Keep reading. Let your moderation be known to all men. There should be something about a Christian in these times that makes God known. We're not out there clawing our way through the stores. We're not locking ourselves away in isolation out of fear. No, there's something about us, something within us that makes God known to men. Verse 6, be careful, anxious is the word. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep or guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think or meditate on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. If we spend as much time praying as we do worrying... If we spend as much time praying as we do checking our phone for the latest update or researching the possibilities or looking at the pictures of empty shelves, if we spend as much time praying as we do all of that, we would be in a much better and clearer state of mind. We would be closer to God and less fearful and anxious. We would have hearts and minds that are guarded by the facts. Facts like this, God knows, God cares, God is providing and God is protecting. You see, prayer is not just to lay out a request list or lay out your worries, which we should. That's what he says, right? In everything, by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Everything. Don't pray some canned prayer. Talk to Him like He's your dad, because He is. Talk to Him like He's your brother, because He is. Talk to Him like He's your friend, because He is. Tell him what's in your heart. Tell him what's in your mind. Tell him you're scared. Tell him whatever in everything. You lay that out. And as you do, you are communing with God. And through the Holy Spirit, you will find, as you communicate each worry and fear, those worries are stripped away. And you're given peace. Peace that stays in your mind. Peace that stays in your heart. You get up the next morning and something happens, but you remembered how you prayed last night. And maybe you pray again. Then the scriptures say pray without ceasing. And that is brought back. That peace is brought back and your heart and your mind is guarded. And the peace of God is with you. If you're worried, if you're anxious, pray. Hebrews chapter 4 says, Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. 
Go to God anytime your heart begins to fail or your mind begins to slip. Whatever it is, bring it before Him. 1 Peter 5 says, Cast all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. So find the grace and find the peace that you need in prayer before Him. You're going to have some time with your kids now that they're home, right? They might be asking questions. Pray with them. Open the Word of God, turn off that TV, and tell them what the peace of God is. Read His Word and talk to Him. Let it, and let the reality of what He says here, the reality of His love, His provision, and His presence settle deep within your heart and your mind. Last thing for this morning. We're not a people of fear, we're a people of peace. We're not a people of fear, we're a people of faith and of prayer. And we are a people of light. Of light. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Turn there if you would. Just two verses I'd like you to notice. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Second Corinthians 1 and 3. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. He is the God of all comfort. <laughs> As I said earlier, there's nothing that removes fear like comfort, is there? Do you remember when you were a kid? And you would run to your parents because you're scared? Maybe it was the thunder in the night. That was, that was it for me. I hated thunder. Because it sounded like an earthquake. I heard earthquakes. If there's an earthquake, I'm the first one out the door. I'll be praying for you all, but I'll be the first one out the door. It's just how I am. And thunder made the windows rattle back before there were dual panes. And so it sounded like an earthquake in the house. And man, I remember jumping up out of bed and I would run to my parents' bedroom. And what they would do is they'd take me in their arms, they'd give me a hug, and they would say, it's okay. And just like that, the thunder didn't matter anymore, did it? Maybe you've done that for your own children. It's okay. It's going to be okay. We find that in our Heavenly Father. He is the God of all comfort who has comforted us. Don't worry. It'll be okay. Trust me in this. I give you peace. And because we have that, because we found that, we can now communicate that to others in our lives. When they ask us why we're not going crazy like everyone else is, tell them why. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them of the peace that we have in our hearts because of Him. Impart to them that comfort that God has given us by your words and by your actions in the the own comfort we have received in our own hearts.
We need to be a light in this dark time. 1 Peter chapter 3 says, Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is within you. And we should be ready to answer that because it is who we are. We are a light to this world. We are witnesses of Him. A living, breathing billboard of what God has done in our lives. We know the God of heaven personally. And what will they see in us? The same isolation and fear and panic they see in everybody else? You're a Christian, but you look like everybody else in this world right now. Or will they see us at peace? Our faith in Him who we know is able. Will they hear us speak and act in love because we are His and our faith is in Him? I hope they see that in me. I'm not scared this morning. I'm cautious, but I'm not scared. Concerned? Yeah. I'm not going to lock myself away. I'm not going to stockpile supplies and isolate from the world. No, the world needs to hear from me. They need to hear that my trust is in God who gives me peace and that they can have that very same peace. We're not going to close our doors. We'll remain open and a lighthouse in all of this. We're going to be careful. Sanitize your hands. Wash your hands. Stay home if you're sick. We'll keep this place clean. I personally wiped down the pews with Clorox wipes before we started. We'll be cautious. We'll be wise. But we're not going to be shaken. Because we have peace with God. Can I read you a a final passage from Romans chapter 5? It says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation works patience. And patience, experience. And experience, hope. And hope, maketh not ashamed. We may go through some hard times, but those hard times strengthens our faith. It strengthens our hope, and that hope that God has given us will never let us down. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which He has given to us. In these uncertain times, we have peace and we have hope. And as we lean on Him, our faith is strengthened. As we pour out our hearts in prayer, we find that He is with us. And we share that with those around us. Things may get worse, and they may not. Either way, don't let it shake you. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. I love that verse. Stand up. Stand in your place. Be strong in the Lord. My peace I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. 
We are not a people of fear. We are a people of peace. God's peace. Maybe you need some of that today. I would simply ask that you come now and find it. Pray for it. Ask Him for it. Don't let the news dictate the condition of your heart. Let His Word do that. Let His presence do that. And have faith in the One who holds all things in your hand. Let's bow our heads and then we'll have an invitation. Father, I ask just now that You would surround us with Your peace. That You would help us as is so easy for our weak and frail hearts to do to not be scared, to not be fearful of the what-ifs and the, the things that may be going on around us, Lord. But I ask that You would draw our minds and Your hearts close to You, that You would wrap us in Your love and in Your peace and in Your Holy Spirit, that we might find comfort in all of this to know that You are God and You are in control. I ask boldly, Lord, that You would put a stop to all of this and that You would end this rising panic, that you would end the sickness that is going around. We know that you have power. We know that you are able. We have faith in that, Lord. And I ask that through all of this, you would help us as an individual and as a church here to be a light, a people of peace, the peace that you have given us through your Son, Lord. I ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen.